Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the twelfth of November. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna, taking you through to nine thirty this morning. A very big thank you to the Solidarity Breakfast crew, as always, and of course they finish their show there with "Dance Me to the End of Love" by Leonard Cohen. Coming up on today's program,、um, I'll be speaking in the second part of the program with Steve Diston from the ETU about the ongoing CUB dispute and particularly、um, some heightened actions coming up into the Christmas period. Um, I should also tell you, and we've mentioned it a couple of times on the show, I will be going to India today. Um, and we've talked about the link, the connection between、um, uh, Sab Miller, the company that well used to own、um, CUB. I think it's been sold off. Yet again, and the same dispute that Sab Miller workers in India are in with that employer for very similar reasons. It's basically an all-out attempt to、um, smash the union and prevent collectivised、um, bargaining of any kind. So,、uh, with any luck, well, not. Luck with some politics and some organising, I will have an opportunity to meet with the Sab Miller workers in India and build some. Connections, hopefully, with the dispute here in Melbourne、um, at AAWL, we always say that solidarity is a two-way street. So even though Australia is, for all intents and purposes, a colonial imperialist country,、um, the the fight is a global fight, and、um, the the solidarity is two ways. So with the Australian workers supporting the Indian workers, and vice versa. Uh, that brings me to the show is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au, or on Facebook and Twitter. So find us on those social media platforms. You can also ring us on nine double six three seven two double seven, and you can also email us at aawl at aawl.org.au. But as always, first up on the program, news from around the region. A Chinese court has handed a suspended death sentence to the head of a chemical factory for his role in blasts that killed 173 people last year. And we did、uh, bring you news of that particular explosion and and、um, industrial murder.、Uh, Rui Hai Logistics Chairman Yu Zhuwei. Was also fined more than seven hundred thousand yuan, which is about a hundred thousand US dollars, over the dis- disaster in the eastern port city of Tianjin. He's among forty-nine staff and government officials jailed for their role in the firm's illegal operations. Most of the dead were firefighters and police. Eight bodies were never found. The explosion was one of the deadliest industrial accidents in Chinese history and caused more than a Billion dollars in estimated economic loss. The Rui Hai Logistics chairman was found guilty of paying bribes, allowing his company to sidestep safety regulations when storing sodium cyanide and other dangerous chemicals. Other sentenced 
uh, so other people, like among those 49 staff that received jail sent- sentences, they were found guilty on charges ranging from abuse of power to storing dangerous substances illegally. An investigation found that stocks of flammable nitrocellulose, which is a chemical that's used in nail polish, um, had caught fire and spread to illegal stores of the fertiliser ammonium nitrate. The blasts that were triggered um, because of this particular, um, the flammable um, nitrocellulose, those blasts ripped through an industrial port area in the city, destroying buildings, shipping containers and thousands of new cars. That is um, one of the few, unfortunately, quite a dramatic sanction against a company um, for the deaths of 173 people and the damage that was caused. So those 49 uh, um, staff and government officials have actually been jailed and the, um, the chairman at the moment looks like that person's going away for life, although they're not... Um, imposing the death penalty on them. We rarely see those sorts of results from industrial accidents. Um, and it is it is an interesting development in China, considering we've been bringing you news of the growth and development of the labour movement there in opposition, of course, to the development of capitalism in China. So very interesting um, development. And um, going forward, it will be interesting to see if those verdicts and those sentences do stick or if um, somehow they're brought down. Uh, Another uh, factory fire in Pakistan. One worker was injured when a fire broke out in a textile factory in Karachi um, in the early hours of the 24th of October. This news item has only just come to our attention, so I apologise that it's a number of weeks uh, late. Of the total 500 workers employed, five were on night shift when the fire broke out. According to eyewitnesses, Firefighters had difficulty accessing the fire and were forced to break down walls and smash windows to extinguish that fire. Factory windows had been illegally covered with cement blocks and iron bars, much like at Ali Enterprises where a fire killed 260 workers in 2012. Um, and we, it's not new to us to see um, some of those fire safety um violations that result in the deaths of workers, things like um, putting chains on doors, barring windows, preventing um, access to um, the the fire escapes, all in an effort to prevent workers from leaving the factory gates and forcing them to work longer and harder. But as we see, this is the end result of that. Moving now to uh, actually Thailand, but um, this relates to our comrade Somyot Pruksaka Semsuk, who, uh, as you know, is currently in prison on charges um, related to uh, Les Majeste. So, in, and we've also told you this, but I've got a, a much more fuller story about it. Somyot has won a prestigious Korean Trade Union Award. Korean labor activists will announce a special prize to Thai Les Majeste prisoner Somyot Prokasemsuk. He'll be the first non-Korean unionist to win the award, according to the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions. The prize is called Juntail, and we've talked to you a bit about Juntail Day. I'll tell you more about specifically that as this story continues. But the prize, the Juntail Labor Prize, 
is awarded to labour activists in Korea and has been awarded for the past 23 years. It's to be given to the Korean Union's long-time colleague, Somyot, to underscore the global campaign to free that Thai labour activist. And according to... Um, the Secretary of the Federation of Chemical Energy Mine and General Workers Union in um, uh, in Korea, they've said that for the past two decades, Somyot has worked closely with them to bring about um, international solidarity. They consider um, Somyot... Uh, um, he's he's brought union members from Thailand to attend workshops in Korea many, many times. They consider him a good friend to labour movements in the region. So Mr. Kang is that the Secretary of the Federation of Chemical, Energy, Mine and General Workers Union. He said that Somyot was not only a key person supporting Thai factory workers' labour rights, but he also made efforts in the country's democratisation. The Korean Unionists, therefore, have joined the global campaign to release him and other political prisoners in Thailand. So Jun Tae-il, uh, that's an individual, that's a young man. He He is a great symbol of labour rights. At the age of 22... He set himself alight on November 13, 1970, and tomorrow is the anniversary of his death. Um, and the reason that he did that was um, he was cam- he was an activist. He was campaigning for the rights of sweatshop workers, and he had reached a point of such um, profound despondency, I guess, with the labour movement and the inability to bring about change that he self-immolated. <clears throat> By the way, self-immolation is... <clears throat> not not a strategy that I support um, in, in relation to fighting back, but his death as a result of self-immolation in 1970 sparked a massive, massive labour movement in South Korea. Jun Tae-il is such a symbol of fighting for Korean um, unionists and activists. If you ever go to South Korea, there is a um, bodice statue of Jun Tae-il in the middle of the city. It's where May Day and Jun Tae-il Day, which is coming up, it's where those demonstrations start. Um, so he's such a significant figure in the fact that um, uh, Somyot has won the Jun Tae-il Labor Prize is a real testament to international solidarity. I want to uh, now to announce the Global Day of Action um, to Stop Repression Against Unionists. As you know, AAWL has been building this particular action for a number of years and we work alongside our comrades in the region to globalise this day of action. The Iranians, the Filipinos, um, the South Koreans, many, many um, countries across the region are participating in this event. The power of workers in our workplaces comes from our ability to organise independently to discuss issues and take action to achieve better conditions and wages. All around the world, companies try to harass, divide and uh, suppress any genuine workers' organisations, governments, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, try to suppress any genuine workers' organisations. Governments, for their part, provide the legal framework and police powers to stop workers organising. That's why many of us are raped, beaten, arrested or murdered. So join with us on the Global Day of Action, which is the 16th of November to call for an end to repression against unionists. In Melbourne, that rally or that demonstration is starting at 5.30 at the 8-hour monument. So get along to that on um, the 16th of November. 
I want to just talk about a number of people who I want to highlight in this Global Day of Action Against Trade Union Repression, some very key people. So we've just spoken about Somyot. Another one is Han Sung-kyun from Korea. Um, and he's the president of the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions. In July of this year, Han Sung-kyun was jailed for five years for his part in organising working class demonstrations. It's not the first time he's been in jail. Of course, he served three years for organising the landmark um, Sung-yong factory occupation back in 2009. He has a long and proud history as a labour activist and he's one of the comrades we're fighting for the, his release. Another thing to consider in this Global Day of Action and why we oppose trade union repression, women workers not only need to fight for wages and conditions but face the additional pressure of sexual exploitation and violence, whether it's in Indonesia, India, Hong Kong or the Gulf states of West Asia. Gender-based violence serves to oppress and discourage women workers from organising and we'll post some examples of this gender-based violence at work targeting women unionists to prevent them from organising. We'll put that on our website. Another Labor Act, I'm going to do two um, more to highlight, um, actually three more to highlight the comrades that um, we're fighting for um, who who are in prison based on um, their labor movement activities. Meng Han, he's a Chinese labor rights activist. In the last few years, um, we've seen a massive increase in labor actions and strikes by workers in China. Labor activists like Meng Han with and another three of his colleagues were arrested for the crime of advising workers of their rights. Many Chinese workers want independent labor organizations to fight for better wages and conditions. We can't possibly forget the pre-coal eight um, in uh, in India. In 2015, in Coimbatore, in Tamil Nadu, India, eight labour activists at the automobile parts company of Precol were given double life prison sentences. They've been framed for an alleged murder of a manager to serve as a stark warning to all other workers. In northern India, the Maruti Suzuki workers have also felt the same pressure and with any luck, I'll have an opportunity to meet with them. And finally, Ismail Abdi, the General Secretary of the, the Iranian Teachers Trade Association. The Iranian government runs a brutal anti-war administration that effectively makes any independent union activity illegal. Ismail Abdi was recently given six years jail for organising a strike. Unfortunately, Ismail is only one of many workers who are in Iranian jails. Punishment can sometimes include public flogging. It's 15 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. I'm going to go to, I'm in fact going to play part of a song, uh, Workers United, um, and then I'll be speaking with Steve Diston from the ETU. Workers United! Never be defeated Workers United Will overcome Workers United Never be defeated Workers United Will overcome Workers United Never be defeated We are the people who make things run Workers United Never be cheated Protect your rights that were hard fought in one Stand up 
fight for workers' autonomy. We are the engines of the economy. Those who are poor are in a minority. Shout let it out, cause we want equality. You can make a difference to help fix the world. All you have to do is believe in yourself. We celebrate our great diversity. This is the strength of workers' solidarity. Workers united, never be defeated. We are the Workers United, never be cheated. Hello, I'm Ben from Regurgitator. Stay tuned to 3CR, support community radio and your local music scene and subscribe now. It is 17 minutes past nine o'clock and that uh, part track that you were listening to was Workers United by an Australian hip-hop band called I-E-Y-E. We're entering into the 21st week of the CUB dispute. That means those 55 workers have been um, picketing, uh, locked out um, for about 150 days now, a really long dispute. But uh, as we come into the Christmas period, there is um, some increase in some activity and a new resurgence to the boycott campaign, certainly as we start to boycott CUB beer leading into the Christmas period. To join me now is Steve Diston, the organiser from the ETU, supporting and organising the comrades at CUB. Welcome, Steve. Good morning, how are you going? Well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good. It's actually, um, we finished 22 weeks yesterday, Ah, so we're going into 23 now. There you go. Sorry, so apologies for that. 23 weeks, though, I mean, Australian workers are not as... um, as experienced, I guess, with such long disputes. How are the comrades holding up? Pretty well, pretty well with... um, We've got some pretty good morale down there. We've got plenty of new things to keep us entertained and keep us busy. And even uh, Mario Kart 64 made an appearance on the picket line this week. So it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, no. And and for the dispute to and for the picket to be there after all of this time, it's clear that there is certainly some drive and some power and some fire in, in this particular dispute. So tell me a little bit about um, some of the new elements to the boycott campaign as we go into the Christmas period. No worries, Giselle. Well, you'll see um, billboards going up around Victoria. At the moment, um, they're concentrated around the plant area, but they're also on the Telemarine Freeway and uh, Baldy Bridge and a few other places. You'll see billboards of Boycott CUB, um, Queensland. We had a 14 metre long one. They're going up in New South Wales, um, Tasmania, uh, Queensland, more of them going there. So, yeah, it's um, there's a bit of advertising dollars getting spent on this now. And um, we're lifting up the profile somewhat, hitting the Dan Murphy. Is the new stage of the dispute. It's bringing it actually to the consumers. Um, so we're, we're actively looking for volunteers as well to um, go out to their local Dan Murphy's on a Saturday around lunchtime and um, hand out the, the poster which shows which, which CUB beers to boycott. 
In a, in a minute, I'll let you give out some contact details in the event. There are some um, volunteers listening today that want to do some of that work. But um, let's let's just remind some of the listeners what this dispute is actually about because it's been going for such a long time and we've stopped telling that story because we're just looking at how we can support the guys on the picket. But this all started when 55 workers were um, were basically offered new contracts at about 60% of of the current wages and conditions that they were on. Yeah, yeah, more than sixty-five percent for for my sparkies, and uh, it, it wasn't just that the, the the conditions in that agreement, for example, gave the employer the right to um, request you to take any sort of medical or psychological exam, and all of those results went to the employer, and you had to pay for it. You know, it was just it was mind-boggling this this agreement, and um, it was signed off by six casual workers in Western Australia, and then imposed on our fifty-five guys over here, but. Scary thing is that that um, agreement could apply to just about any workplace in Victoria or in Australia, and it's one of the reasons why we've been sex- successful in getting a Senate inquiry up into this. We got the numbers on that recently, so um, that'll be going ahead as well. And in your view, is this very clearly a part of the Abbott slash um, Turnbull slash Liberal Party agenda to just really come after the the labour movement and organise unions? The sound of their silence on this dispute makes a lot of noise. Um, the fact that we've got such a huge dispute and we haven't heard anything from the Liberals about it, and, you know, a big company not paying tax, loopholes in the Fair Work Act, labour hire exploitation, you name it, the fact they haven't said a single word about it speaks volumes. They're scared. They don't want people to know this is happening and that they're supporting it in their silence. And, of course, we're seeing the ABCC legislation slated for Parliament. Lots of discussions um, at the moment with some of the um, Senate crossbenchers and certainly the intention to ram it through before the end of the year. What, what, do you, what impact would that have on the CUB dispute? Um, it's hard to say what it would have on, on, on the CUB. I, it, Actually, no, no, no. It, because there is labour hire involved and they do have other construction work, those laws would actually apply um, to doing agreement there, would actually have to be co-compliant. So, you know, therein it, it makes it near on impossible. Um, retrospective laws, you know, and the ABC obviously um, separating people on the basis of their occupation from any other part of the the um, community and using draconian powers and, and laws against us. So, yeah, it's it's just more of the same under the Liberals, you know, anti-union, anti-worker, anti-making a decent living in your own country. Sounds like the only way uh, through this is to fight and um, certainly Australian workers and the left community more broadly has a long tradition and record of fighting these unjust laws. You talked a little bit about some volunteer support to get out to Dan Murphy's to put some pressure on some of the companies that are selling CUB beer. Um, Other than handing out the leaflets, what else are you asking community supporters to do? The biggest thing is have the conversation because some people still aren't aware. We haven't had a great run in the media on this. Um, Some people are still unaware that this is actually happening. And some people are aware it happened but are unaware that we're still there, still fighting for our jobs after all this time. So the conversations with, you know, barbecues, sporting clubs, all those sorts of things, getting the word out there that CUB is a toxic company that doesn't respect the community or its workers, that's that's the most important thing. Secondary to that, um, if people have time to volunteer, we'd love to get them on board the campaign and um, getting right at the consumers. 
So if um, if there were listeners out there that do want to get involved, how how would they do that? Who's going to coordinate their efforts? Uh, I will. So <laughs> get them to call the ETU office um, and we'll have leaflets um, in there and we'll put their name and put them, assign them to a Dan Murphy's near them. And um, hopefully as this builds up closer to Christmas, we um, we have... Many, many Dan Murphys out there every Saturday with someone standing outside with a poster which shows all the CUB products which you can um, avoid to make sure that you have ethical purchases when you're in there. You don't have the ETU office number on you just now? No, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll make sure I get that to the listeners before the end of the program. Steve, thank you so much for um, coming on to the show this morning. I know that you're probably exhausted from all of the um, picketing that you guys are doing and the support for um, the CUB. And also, there that's not your only workplace that you're organising. So... Um, Thank you very much for your time. And I did mention to the listeners, and I'll say to you again, and as you know, I will be going to India actually later this afternoon with the intention of meeting the Sab Miller workers there and bringing back some solidarity to um, the Melburnians here, but also um, extending the CUB comrades' um, solidarity to those Indian workers. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Steve. Thank you very much. That was Steve Diston from the ETU discussing the CUB um, dispute at Abbotsford here in Melbourne. Um, I will get you those ETU details right now um, just so that you can get involved in this particular dispute. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. Indigenous people in Australia and the Pacific have borne the brunt of nuclear testing. And this was not done unconsciously. We found documents in the British archives saying that, yes, there is a certain hazards, but only to primitive peoples, those that don't wear clothes and don't wash, unlike us British. So the sort of racism inherent in this whole operation was known and understood from the beginning that these were the casualties of a larger imperial policy and that they were able to bear the brunt because there were very small populations and didn't have much political voice. And as we fast forward to today, we see that same thing. 3CR, keeping you informed about Australia's nuclear past and present. At such a time, it's important to have a voice like 3CR, steady, constant, sane and committed to a nuclear-free Australia. CCR is a community radio licence holder. What you hear on community radio is governed by the community radio codes of practice. The codes of practice cover matters relating to program content, including local content, news, current affairs, Australian music, programs for children and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting by and for the community. They also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this station. Copies of the code are available from the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash who we are. I've just got a bunch of announcements in the closing minutes of the program. Firstly, if you want to support the ETU CUB workers um, by leafleting and putting some pressure on Dan Murphy's, having the conversations with members of the public that we can't let a company do this to workers, you can call the ETU office during business hours on 8329 0000. A couple of other announcements. 
There is an anti-Trump rally today. This is in solidarity with all of the people in the United States and quite frankly the world that are no doubt going to suffer under the presidency of Donald Trump. That's at 1pm today at Flinders Street, so get along to that. Don't forget the Global Day of Action um, Against Trade Union Repression. That's on the 16th of November at 5.30pm at the uh, Eight Hour Monument. And a new event that has only just been announced um, and that we will very shortly get uh, an advertisement in circulation here at 3CR. Trades Hall and a coalition of trade unions, including Australia Asia Worker Links, are organising a global street party. This is about recognising that workers come from right across the world um, and in this climate of divide and conquer, we are standing with workers from diverse cultural backgrounds and we're not letting racism get the better of us. So that event is on Sunday the 27th of November. It's a rally and a festival. The rally begins at 12 o'clock at the State Library. It'll march to Ligon Street for a festival with rides and food and speeches and forums in the hall and things like that. So get out to the Global Street Party on Sunday the 27th of November, commencing at 12pm at the State Library. That is all I have time for on today's program of Asia Pacific Currents. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Pierre will be back with you next Saturday from nine o'clock with more news and current affairs from the Asia Pacific region. But coming up next is Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.